0: Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup podcast. This is episode five of this podcast project. I'm Chris Lynch, and we had a whole bunch of people drafted yesterday in addition to the big slate of games that we had that were played in full, which was an encouraging thing that there was rain in the morning and people didn't make rash decisions. We actually played some baseball yesterday, and we have a whole bunch of people, current people and a bunch of former players from the Cape League teams who were drafted in the current Major League Baseball draft, which is just wonderful to get to see all over the place. I won't give every single name who was drafted from all the past years. I'll give the people who are on current teams who were drafted. Uh, These are the current people who are playing on Cape League teams this season and who have been selected on day two of the MLB draft. Uh, Wareham had three. Richard Fitz was the first one. He got picked in the sixth round. He played his college baseball at Auburn. Uh, He got picked 183 by the New York Yankees. Uh, Wareham's next guy who came off the board was Larson Kendenrich. He's from Biola University, which is a Division II school in La Mirada, California. He got picked by the Texas Rangers in the eighth round of the draft. And they also had Ian Villers from Cal Berkeley, who got picked in the eighth round by the San Francisco Giants. Actually, San Fran picked a bunch of former Cape Leaguers. I guess they're doing a really good job of scouting out the ongoing actions and games and all that sort of stuff of the current uh, and former Cape League teams. Uh, the Whitecaps had one player on the current roster who was selected. That was Colin Davis, who ended up getting picked in the seventh round, picked two hundred and four by the Seattle Mariners. He's from Wofford College, which is in Spartanburg, South Carolina, the northern portion of that state. So congratulations to Colin. Had a couple of people who got picked. Justin Meese, one of their current starters, one of their better starters, was picked 283 in the 10th round by the Pittsburgh Pirates. He uh, is out of Eastern Michigan. John Rhodes was actually their first player picked. He got selected in the third round by the Baltimore Orioles. And he played college baseball at Kentucky, picked 76th overall in the draft. And Jake Smith from the U was picked 171 overall in the sixth round by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That is, he's from the University of Miami, so those are the Katuit players who all got drafted. The current Kituit Kettileers, I should say, who ended up getting drafted. Orn, they've had a really good draft weekend. They had the number one overall pick in the draft. Former born-brave Henry Davis, a couple of other players who ended up getting selected there's two players that they had from the current team Gordon Grao from Villanova who got picked in the fifth round by the St Louis Cardinals and Colton Bender from the Quinnipiac Bobcats in Hamden Connecticut got picked 3-10 in the 10th round by the San Diego Padres and actually it's there's a really cool little video that the Braves and the Cape League have on their various social media sites in which Colton Bender actually gets the call from the Padres right before a Born Braves game that was played yesterday. He just gets a call that Bender's going to be picked by the Padres. It's awesome. Balmuth didn't have, as far as I could tell, any current players who got selected. They had a couple of people from past teams who got drafted, but nobody from the current iteration of the team who ended up getting selected. Hartwich had a couple of people who ended up getting picked. Among them, Patrick Winkle got selected in the ninth round by the Minnesota Twins. Uh, picked 279, he's a catcher out of the University of Connecticut. Nick Sinicola, a pitcher, got selected by the San Francisco Giants in the seventh round. He's a pitcher from the University of Maine. Yeah, the Rno Black Bears, who, fun fact, the Maine Black Bears are the last New England team to represent the region in the College World Series back in 1986. Yeah, it's, it's been a little bit of a time. Uh, Carson Seymour from this current year's iteration also ended up getting picked by the New York Mets, a pitcher out of Kansas State. He got picked in the sixth round, 172 overall again by the New York Mets. The last current Harwich player to be picked was Evan Schauver from Cincinnati. He got picked 200th by the Colorado Rockies. So congratulations to all those guys for getting picked and getting the opportunity to start their professional careers. The YD Red Sox had a bunch of their former players selected in the MLB draft this year, but as far as I can tell, I don't think they had any of their current players who ended up getting selected in the draft. I believe that's the same thing with the Chatham Anglers as well, that they had a bunch of players who were on the team in 2019 who ended up getting picked, but nobody from the current iteration of the staff who ended up getting drafted in the most recent edition of the Major League Baseball draft. And I believe that's the similar story for the Hyannis Harbor Hawks as well. So a wonderful, wonderful day for so many people involved in the operation of the Cape Cod Baseball League. So many people. Colin Davis, who's leading the league in batting average, got selected by Seattle. He he already, he already left the Whitecaps already and was told he was going pick, to be picked somewhere between 5 and 10. So he knew he was going to go. There's a bunch of other players throughout the teams who were expected to go either late on day two or somewhere kind of early on day three so we're going into day three of the MLB draft today we'll have a whole bunch of more players who end up getting selected I'll do a full and complete wrap up on the number of people who ended up getting picked from the various Cape League teams not just the current players but all of the players throughout the years who played on the Cape League who got drafted over the last three days Uh, it's a good season it's a good draft season especially considering that there was no 2020 Cape Cod Baseball League season for more players to go there were a lot of people who ended up getting picked who were contracted and were arranged and originally scheduled to play out here but just never got that opportunity because you know there was no season here last year so for the cape league to be getting as many draft picks as they are with the impediment of having no season last year that's a good showing for the league that they're having as many people get selected as they are So congratulations to everybody involved in the draft. All right, let's do some rapid-fire game wraps. There were five games scheduled. There were five games played yesterday. We'll start in chronological order, which means we begin with some of the teams that don't have lights. Actually, two of them played the Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox, paid a visit to the Brewster Whitecaps. By the way, in a weird, weird scheduling quirk, these teams are playing consecutive games on different days at the same field. Yeah, instead of having two seven-inning doubleheaders, they decided to schedule these two teams to pay consecutive visits to each other at Stony Brook also instead of doing a home-and-home or something. I'm not exactly sure why we're doing that, but, um, okay, uh, this scheduling is kind of strange, but sure, whatever, I suppose. Anyway, as far as the actual game itself was concerned between the first and second place teams in the East, a great, great great pitching duel. Luis Ramirez was the starter for the Whitey Red Sox and was the tough luck loser. And I say tough luck because he was really good yesterday. Five innings, seven Ks, three. he did walk three. He tired as the game went on, but for the most part, he did a remarkably good job in limiting the damage. There were just two doubles that came off of him in the third inning for the only run that he gave up on the day. It was Dylan Carter who got a double and Spencer Jones who singled him home. That was pretty much it. Jones actually got picked off base on a stolen base attempt immediately thereafter. Uh, Brewster got one more run in the sixth on another combination of uh, of base hits. Zach Neto on with a single, Jake Thompson moving up, on the walk and Curtis Byrne, the catcher from Texas Christian, doubling him in. And then they really exploded for an interesting seventh inning in which they scored three runs without the benefit of a hit. It was kind of weird, but um, you know this this sport is a little bit on the crazy side. Trey Faltini came in to score on a wild pitch. Zach Neto scored on a ground ball and Spencer Jones came home to score on what was a weird double steal kind of like Jake Thompson was on first base Spencer Jones was on third Jake Thompson took off and drew a throw from the catcher and just played keep away long enough until Spencer could cross the plate and then it's a timing play so that's how the Whitecaps got all their runs Whitey got one run in the ninth inning in kind of garbage time the win ends up going to Bryce Hubbard of Florida State who was absolutely amazing Uh, six innings no runs two hits one walk 10 strikeouts he was mowing dudes down. His curveball was just elite. He did everything correct. Bryce Hubbard had himself a day, and the Whitecaps are the first Eastern team to get to 10 wins, 10-5-2. and two. We'll do it all again between these two teams today at 5 p.m. once again at Stony Brook Field, so look forward to that. We also had a good pitching duel between Falmouth and Orleans. In Falmouth, one nothing ended up being the final. A wonderful performance. Six innings thrown by their starter Tyler Tuthill out of Appalachian State. Five strikeouts, one walk, two hits. But because there were no runs at the time that he left, he could not get a win. He could only get a no decision. The win ends up going to Mason Pelio out of Boston College. Two innings, one hit, one walk, one K. Uh, that's just kind of by rule. The most effective pitcher was Tuthill. It's just that Pelio got the win based off of how the rules for that stat are given out. Lucas Gordon, out of Texas, ends up getting the save, uh, his first save of the season. Orleans, they only got three hits on the day, one each by Chase DeLauter, who remains their primary uh, main source of offense. Julio Marcano out of the New Jersey Institute of Technology got a hit, and Luke Kishaw from San Francisco also gets a hit. I think all singles, this was textbook excellent pitching. The tough luck loser for the Orleans Firebirds is Jake Somm from UCLA. He only gave up one run. It was, uh, he threw one and two thirds innings. He gave up one hit. He walked two. He struck out one. He gave up One run. That's the only run that crossed the plate and came in the seventh inning. Brendan Malone scored on a Cody colden base hit. Malone had earlier on doubled, so that's just that's uh that's great pitching. You get one run and your pitching does the rest. Phenomenal job by the Commodore's pitching staff to get a victory. It's not often viewed as, you know, the sexy way to get wins, but that is the way you get wins is you pitch, and you pitch, and you pitch, and get outs that way. Uh, Bourne gets another victory, 12-2-3. This continues to be a marvelous season for them. They beat Hyannis, who's now two fifteen 15 0 I'm trying not to harp on Hyannis's hard season. I've been around teams who just haven't had any luck at all I just feel really bad for them. The born starter yesterday was Benjamin Etheridge out of Southern Mississippi. Went four innings, so by rule, he's not in line for a victory. He threw five innings, didn't give up a run. Four innings, pardon me, gave up five hits, didn't give up a run, walked two, struck out four. The winning pitcher ends up being Jordan Patty, who actually did give up some runs, Actually, I wonder if you can go back into the stats and give Etheridge the win for being the most effective, but that isn't actually how this works. Uh, Bourne's Eric Adler came on from Wake Forest. He got the save in this one, his fourth save of the season. They've got a good guy to lock things down at the back end of the bullpen. The losing pitcher for the Harbor Hawks is Cooper McKeon from Brigham Young. His first loss of the season, only through three innings, five runs, six hits, struck out five and walked three. It just continues to be a challenging season for the Hyannis Harbor Hawks. and I really, really do feel bad for this team. Uh, Bourne got five runs between the second and third inning, tacked on one more in the eighth. Hyannis made a fight out of it. They cut it down to 6-3, but just couldn't get anything closer than down three runs in the ninth inning. So a tough way for that game to wrap up at Hyannis. Still just two wins at what is now the halfway point of the season. Uh, Harwich wins 8-2 over Chatham. Chatham uh, having a tough season. The last place team in the East, 6-10-3. Harwich 8-7-2 after their victory. They are in third place in the East. They're just one game back in the loss column behind the Whitey Red Sox. They also have they have one fewer loss. They have two fewer ties. This has been kind of a weird... And what's even stranger about that standings point, by the way, YD has a run differential of minus 12, and they're second place in the East. They've scored 67 runs as a team. They've allowed 79. Orleans has a much better run differential of plus 21, and they are in fourth place. This sport doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> If I'm being realistic, there's just some things you look at and go, huh? Uh, okay. Anyway, Harwich had a very good game yesterday, 8-2. to They scored their runs in pairs, 2 in the 1st, 2 in the 6th, 2 in the 7th, and 2 in the ninth. They did commit three errors, but, you know, stuff like that is going to happen at some points, I suppose. Chatham only ended up getting two hits on the day, a double by Mike Hogan and a single by Jake DeLeo out of Georgia Tech. Uh, they ended up getting one run in the fifth, one run in the sixth. The starting pitcher for Harwich, and one thing you note know about Harwich is that they've only used they only used two pitchers yesterday. The winner was their starter Andrew Masiello, out of Oregon, five and a third, two hits, two runs, two walks, eight Ks. He was excellent. The Uh, the second pitcher who came in got a three and two-thirds inning save because, yeah, this game ended up being a six-run difference. But at the time that Dalton Smith, reliever out of Georgia Tech, came in, it was closer than that. He came on in the sixth inning. It was four to two when he entered. It ended up being six two. So he gets credited with a three and two-thirds inning save, which that's one thing to note about uh, Coach Englert from the Harwich Mariners. He rolls his pitchers out for longer than a lot of guys will do so. The loss ends up going to Tanner Witt from Texas. Gave up the two runs that really got everything started, and, of course, the uh, Anglers never cut back into that lead any closer than just the two runs. So he ends up getting the loss. Three, Four innings, three hits, two runs. Struck out four and walked three. A couple of other pitchers actually probably performed a little bit worse. Actually, the guy who came in right after him, Sebastian Keen from Northeastern, had a tougher game. Three innings, four runs on four hits, didn't walk anybody, struck out five. He just gave up more runs and had a just a tougher time of it. So a tough ending to that day for the Chatham Anglers. they currently in last place. They're the only team in the East who is under 500. We'll wrap up our look around the games yesterday with Katuit and Wareham. Katuit back over 500 at 9, 8, and 0. Oh. Katoit by winning percentage, is now in second place, 9 and 8. Wareham is 7, 7, and 4 with their loss. They've had a ton of ties, which is kind of strange for a team that has lights, but they have also played to a couple of draws even on their home field that has lights, so it just seems kind of strange. Uh, the starting pitcher for the Katoit Ketaliers was Jake Brooks from UCLA. Five innings, two hits. No walks, 5Ks. He was excellent. Um, The pitcher who came on to get a four inning save was Harrison Cohen out of George Washington. Had a much better time of it than a couple of his other more recent outings. Had a really good time of it against the Gate men on the road. Good performance by the offensive push. Three home runs hit by the Kettleers. Josiah Town out of Dallas Baptist had one, Eric Brown the second baseman out of Coastal Carolina had one, and their shortstop Ryan Ritter out of Kentucky had one. So, 3 home runs in the game for the Kitsuit Kettleers. They win 6-0 and they are trying to improve their lot, so a good performance by them. And the way it seems in the West is that Kitsuit and Wareham are probably going to be battling for the second playoff spot. Born Bourne will be in the playoffs. Bourne probably will end up being the one seed in the playoffs overall. We're just waiting to see how, uh, who exactly it is that they are going to play. So, we have four games in the schedule for July the 13th, 2021. YD is back to play the Brewster Whitecaps at Stony Brook Field. Those te- teams are still first and second place, respectively. Or, pardon me, Whitecaps first, YD second in the... Eastern Division of the League. I have a probable for the Whitecaps. It's Pete Hansen out of Texas. YD, I don't have a probable for them yet, but I'm sure that they'll roll somebody out who is uh, going to be looking for a good performance. We're back at McKeon Park for another matchup between Bourne and Hyannis. Jake Bennett is the probable starter for the Bourne Braves. He is out of Oklahoma. And Bourne looking to just keep their momentum going. Hyannis looking for anything to turn it around. Cote Tuitt is going to Harwich. The Kettleers will be taking on the Mariners. Cam Schlitter is going to be the starter, at least he's the probable starter, from Northeastern, from Walpole, Massachusetts. And Eldridge Park playing host to the Falmouth Commodores, the Orleans Firebirds, looking to keep their offensive role going. Falmouth, well, they've got themselves on the outside looking in right now 6-8. and eight. They need to start winning some games and stringing something together. They're 3-6-1 in their last 10. They're going to have to start stringing something together if they're going to have a shot at competing. Uh, Antoine Jean from Alabama and from Montreal, Quebec, Canada is going to be the starting pitcher for the Falmouth Commodores. The probable for Orleans is Thomas Schultz from Mount Carmel, Pennsylvania, and Vanderbilt. Now that the College World Series is all done, now you're actually seeing Vandy guys get into games out here. Those are the games that we have on the schedule. The only teams who are not playing are the Chatham Anglers and the Wareham Gatemen. Those teams are going to be playing on Thursday, and I believe those teams are facing off on uh, later on in the week. Uh, No, so Thursday is always the league off day. The only exception this time around is that Thursday Chatham is at YD and Wareham is at Falmouth. So normally those are built-in scheduled league off days. Uh, The two teams who are not playing today, Chatham and Wareham, are going to be playing on Thursday. So that's how that works itself out. Thank you so much for listening to the Cape League Roundup. We hope you get some knowledge and enjoyment out of this. Congratulations to all the players on the current and former Cape League teams who were drafted yesterday, and good luck to the players who will be drafted today. I'm Chris Lynch with the Cape League Roundup. Have a marvelous day, everybody.